You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you ready? Whoa, whoa. Everybody, welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast presented by FeaturedX.com and Sound Talent Media. I am your host, Tuck. Thank you all for listening and make sure that you go and smash that subscribe button. Leave me some reviews. Tell everybody how I'm a five-star man and how this is the most screamo podcast on the planet. Thank you. It is a beautiful day today. We have been blessed with some sunshine and the snow is melting. I love it. Today, Architects released their new album for those that wish to exist. I am a longtime Architects fan and the singles certainly had me stoked. For me, this album reminded me of the first time I listened to The Artist in the Ambulance by Thrice. Um, This band just writes beautiful songs and they string together so effortlessly. I'm sure some don't like the direction, but I view it as progression. Um, I think Sam is the fucking goat. This band can do no wrong in my eyes. I love it. Go listen to it. Um, (coughs) Going off of this and some feelings or reflecting I've been doing this week, I want to take a moment and discuss a little bit, uh, something that's a little more serious. Um, This week, an artist by the name of Sean Kennedy lost his life. Now, I did not know him personally, um, but watching so many friends, peers, and people I admire mourn his loss is very difficult. In the same week, two people that I did know, uh, mind you, not extremely well, but had some pleasant experiences, uh, two people I know lost their lives to overdose. Now, to clarify, I'm okay. I appreciate whenever we talk about stuff like this, you guys reaching out and thinking of me. Currently, I'm doing well, and I would like to focus on others at this very moment. Um, Firstly, I am very sorry for everyone that is hurting and in pain. I was a big fan of Sean's band, I Killed the Prom Queen, and have very fond memories of listening to his band. Every day we see these tweets and posts about mental illness, but often the ones not saying anything at all are the ones hurting most. I've seen people write about how they've tried. I know myself, I've tried. We've all tried to reach out to our friends that we love, that we know struggle. Please, if you're listening, continue to fight and know that there is someone that loves you. If you are someone that listens to this show and you struggle, please know that I do actually care and I would like to speak with you um, if you feel the need to reach out to a stranger. Um, like I said, I've, I've been very lucky and blessed to have this microphone to speak into, whether it's one or a thousand people that listen. It helps me. It gives me a place to vent. Um, please feel free to speak. Speak to me, speak to your friends, and know that in your darkest moments and times that we do really love you. And whether it be 
mental illness, substances, um, what, whatever's hurting you or bothering you. We care. There are people that care. And um, God bless to all the people that are affiliated and friends with D's Nuts and I Killed the Brom Queen. And um, God bless you to Sean Kennedy. So rest in power, dude. Um, but sorry to talk about such harsh stuff. But sometimes I just, I don't want this to to be empty space. I do want you guys to know that... Um, when you're posting and when you're you're talk, trying to talk about this stuff, like I do see it, everybody sees it. And on your days when you don't have that type of energy and you are really struggling and keeping to yourself, um, I hope you know that you know we care. And by we, I mean everybody. There are a lot of people that care about you, and I am very thankful for you. But on to more fun things. Today we have a really fun episode. I have never spoken to Chris in person, but today we are welcomed by the lovely Chris Davis of The Ghost Inside. Um, Man, this was a really fucking fun one. He was just so nice, and we just kept chatting after the recording. This guy is an absolute wizard at guitar, an incredible producer, and in one of my favorite heavy bands... The Ghost Inside's latest self-titled album has given me many, many gains this year. I love the positivity. I love the triumph. And it helps to keep that PMA going. Um, So I feel like all of this ties in together today. I wanted to put out a really fun fucking episode to end the week. Chris, thank you for joining me. This was a blast. Here we go. My chat with Chris Davis of The Ghost Inside. Davis is in the fucking building. What's up, my, what's up, my man? How are you? Dude, it's nice to uh, meet you through the phone. You know, it's kind of like that one song that... I don't know, it was like early 2000s shit or something. You know. I have no clue what you're talking about, but I'm going to take your word for it. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. It'll be great. You'll be like, oh, that was exactly the song you were singing, dude. Yeah, if you could call that singing. I guess, well, that was back when people did really sing. They weren't just mumbling shit. But I feel like I missed the boat there because I'm great at mumbling, and I could have made some dough. That would have well, been pretty cool. I, I think you still got time. I guess. Yeah, I could try. That would be cool. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, on my Instagram, I'm Hustle Crow, because I'm the greatest fucking rapper alive. I just don't rap because I'm so good that I don't want to intimidate other people. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I can respect that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, really, like, you're so good at guitar that, like, should you be playing guitar all the time? No, you're going to make people feel bad about themselves, but you do it anyway because it's a flex. It's pretty cool. Yo, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I think I just shouldn't play guitar because I'm not that good at it anymore. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. I feel like you shred, but I guess kids these days are all capable of ridiculous stuff, and you see all these wild things on the internet, but it's all fake. That's the truth. It's all fake news. It's all bullshit. Everybody that's out there that's fucking doing all these videos, I know you tracked it. You're not really playing it. You're full of it. It's auto-tune. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> auto-tune for guitar players auto-tune for guitar players dude like i know <clears throat> i was just talking about that buried alive dude yesterday 
And so many people rip on that dude because they're just like, yo, this shit's fake as fuck. But then I saw he put out a video the other day where you could really tell that he was actually doing it. And I was like, hmm. That's from my, from my, yeah, from my understanding, that dude actually just fucking rips that hard. Uh, I mean, I, I get but why that people sucks. think it's fake. Oh, yeah, it does suck because it makes me feel like shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But it's good. Yeah, it's good for people as a whole and good for him that Tom Morello like retweeted him because how fucking sick is that? I mean, yo, I didn't know that, but that's fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, Tom Morello retweeted him and was like, oh, this like makes me interested in guitar. And it's like, fuck, that's crazy. He's the ghost. That, so, what a fucking statement that is. Holy, there is no greater compliment for, for somebody who does shit like Buried Alive. No, absolutely. Yeah, he was the king of weird noises when people didn't make weird noises. Um, I always that, remember hearing rumors that Tom Morello made his own pedals back in the day, and that's why his shit sounded the way it did, but I don't know if that was accurate or not. But now that so many people make their own pedals, seems feasible. Um, yeah, that's that's totally realistic, and I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I don't make my own pedals. I don't do a lot of stuff. I'm pretty. I'm okay at setting up my guitar. That's about it. Um, when it comes to the electronics and swapping shit out or getting weird with pedals, dude, I don't even change the oil on my car, bro. Like, yeah. uh, dude, I'm right there with you. That's that's. <laughs> we've got we've got people for that. There's people that are way better at that shit than I am. 1, I don't even 000%. use real pedals anymore. I just what do you, I just uh, use play a, out of Kemper. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all Kempers now. Dude, same here. Me and Daniel do the same thing, and it's nice because he can, like, mute parts where, like, he knows that I don't have to play anything and I can spin around and stuff because then, you know, I've always been asked to, like, how do you spin around like a dum-dum all the time and, like, it doesn't sound terrible? It's because it's that, muted. That's fucking genius. We should have done that with our bass player in Texas in July. <laughs> he was, I was going to talk about him. Fucking as a as a dude who spins around, he was so good. I don't know if he's still currently playing in anything, but fuck, he was so incredibly good. Where it just made me feel like a child. <laughs> he's he's not still ripping in a band, unfortunately. But yeah, man, his stage presence was like next level shit. But he could have used uh, he could have used a, a mute switch during those sections, I think. Well, this was before that stuff. You know what I mean? Where, you know, most people were just ripping like TS9 pedals and fucking, you know, those. Uh, gosh, what are I forget what they were called. That weird rack mount thing. The red one. Um, the red one. It'll come to me. But a bunch of stupid shit. But. He was always great. Bass tone was super fierce. And I remember seeing you guys in the loft in Poughkeepsie and just being like, this ceiling is so small. How are you doing this? Because you're also <laughs> a big person. Like, Yeah, he, he's a tall dude. Tall, lanky guy. And I don't know how the fuck he like did half the shit he did and still played our songs, but he pulled it off. Because it's I, not like your songs were easy. No, I I couldn't do that. I couldn't physically play our songs and do even a quarter of what he was doing. It just wasn't possible. Absolutely. And like thinking for like myself, who I like to do a lot of spinny stuff and all that kind of crap, but I really grew into it. And looking back at when he was doing all that kind of shit, he was really one of the only people carrying the flame of the like story of the year, Sayosin vibes, where it was like, no, I'm. I'm going to blow your tits off with the, how I can spin this guitar. Oh yeah. He, uh, he, he looked at bands like 
uh, the chariot and like the Norma jeans and mm-hmm. the, the, the let lives. And it was like, yo, I know we don't <laughs> sound like the bands, but I want to look like those bands. And so he would just fucking lose his mind. <laughs> Dude, same. That's what I'm aiming for every day of my life. And it's awesome. And I would love to see him play again at some point. Cause he was really like, he was one of the goats. He really well, was. People didn't know, but if they did know, if they seen him, he was the shit. I mean, at that time, I really can't think of anybody else who was going as hard as he was. It at least not in like the the metalcore metal uh, metalcore scene. You know, like you you had the more <clears throat> abstract bands like I named that were doing it, but their music wasn't uh, the music was a little bit more simplistic, and yeah. it was almost encouraged to be, you know, like more it more. Was- no- primarily just like feedback and shit was like half of the chariot set i mean right you know i've asked josh i was like dude all right i've watched y'all play where the fuck's the wireless because it's not plugged in where's the wireless (laughs) and he would have it like in into the guitar and shit um i mean that's fucking smart genius level shit because i always i was like there's no way that any of this is real but then it was and it was stupid that bass player was truly like the legend of the scene he had the best like wolf wolf or something crazy like that some form of animal yeah um i remember we played a show in i want to say it was milwaukee or something with them and the rest of the guys were loading loading their stuff on stage and we were standing by the back door with him and all of a sudden he's like, all right, I'll be back and just took off on like, like a 15 minute sprint around the venue and then came back and immediately walked on stage and lost his mind. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. That's <laughs> He's a fucking psycho and I loved it. Yeah. He was just the most fun to watch and definitely really inspiring for me as a person where I was like, okay. Cause I never, for me personally, I am not a, a shred Lord. And I, you know, not to cop out, but I was never like, oh, I'm going to sit down and like learn all these fucking sweeping and all this shit. I was just like, I want to have fun. I'm going to fucking flip out. And that was just always the goal. So I still suck at bass. I just flip out. Um, But he was the king of the flip out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that whole band like that, like Stevis is a fucking I don't know how he even holds a guitar and does half the shit he does. And he still does it now with fever. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. They they were like the, the, like the ultimate theatrical band. Like, you know, I, I know people who love their, the chariot records, but I feel like seeing their show is like a religious experience. It's, it's like, takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. You go every time you get the chance. Um, I certainly did. And it was incredible. I think the last time I saw them was they did, one of the last under oath tours when it was just they were on the disambiguation cycle and it was under right. oath comeback kid this is hell and the chariot the lineup was they were in different orders but those were the four bands that played and my local band got to open it and it was fucking sick but that band is so good that's uh, but sick. also that's disambiguation underrated as fuck i agree completely it's great all right, so let's talk. stop talking about everybody else's stupid fucking <laughs> bands because all those bands fucking suck anyway. It's why, like, you know, obviously, like, <laughs> who the fuck likes Under Oath anyway? Garbage never even fucking, fucking heard band. of them. Well, if they would be like, if they would play Define the Great Line again, they would be a good band. <laughs> fucking idiots. New record's good, too. But you know what, though? I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go heavier in the future. I, I, bet, I bet they do... Uh, 
I, I mean, they obviously love heavier music, but I bet that they got enough shit for the new record that they that they do put out something heavier. Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. You know, they probably should. It would be pretty cool. I would be I mean, into it. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the new record. Like, I, I, I appreciate when a band is ballsy enough to try to go down new avenues. And they did it, and I think they did it well, and I back it. So I, I have no qualms with it. See, absolutely but if they want- not. I, I respectfully disagree. Anytime a band changes, it's bad. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon <laughs> sucks. Under Oath is a screamo butt rock band. And uh, yeah, I think it's dumb. Fit for the Kings sucks. They wrote that one song that sounds like Pantera. Um, <laughs> it yeah, is Pantera, you bitch. Um, so, <laughs> no, I do agree. I love the new record. It took me a second, but I just didn't think it was that far off from Disambiguation. I no. like Spencer singing a lot. I think he's sick. And frankly, I didn't realize that he sang as much as he did in the past because I was young and I didn't understand shit. For sure. I, I mean, I didn't realize it until the first time I saw them live, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Spencer. He's okay. I guess he's all right. He's fine. He's okay <laughs> did, at it. Did, but, uh, did you guys get, get a bunch of shit for the new record? Uh, well, here it's, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Is Fit for the Kings way more popular now? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, and it's sick, and I like it. Makes me happy. But was there some people that were like not stoked on um, some of the lighter side of the record? And we actually, I had Ryan on here recently, and we agree where we didn't go as heavy as we did in the past. And there are some stuff that's more like early two thousands kill switchy kind of shit, and it kind of stays in the middle some more. So I, we actually agree to some extent where we could have you know, drop the hammer a little bit harder. But overall, it seems like people like it. You know, there's like one song that's primarily singing. And of course, that will turn some heads. But we also had the discussion of now, of course, you know, looking back on things, it's easier. Hindsight's 50-50 or 2020 or whatever the fuck. Um, And we were like, you know what? The all singing song, we probably shouldn't have put it out as a single as soon as we did, even if at all. You know, why, you know, stir the pot if you don't have to, because it still could have gotten the radio play that it got, which was cool. It was our like highest charting song on FM. Sure. But, yeah, it's weird. But overall, I'd say it went well. I just like to poke fun at ourselves because there are those fucking troll ass motherfuckers out there that say stupid shit, but they're also probably not listening to this. Let's be real. That, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So. I guess the trolls probably don't. It's funny, me and Ryan, because we, you know, the Fit Fit for a King still definitely has, like, we have religious songs and have, like, a Christian background. and But our fans are, like, divided, where there's the ones that'll watch Kirby on Twitch, and they talk about, like, sugar-free soda and, like, straight edge <laughs> and shit. And then there's the ones that listen to my show, and then the one, there's, like, they're just like, oh, yeah, this is so not Kirby's realm. Um, but you would Wait. think... You know what I think is cool is that you guys are able to straddle that line, though. Like, with Texas, obviously Texas was a Christian band. But by the time that the band was done, <clears throat> like, I for sure was the only Christian in the band. Uh, yeah. And, and but I also, at the same time, like, I'm the kind of Christian that doesn't think it's wrong to drink a beer and, like, say fuck and, like, 
make dirty jokes and like i think that there's a i don't know there's a weird fine line that i feel the, like it's called the mason dixon that's the line <laughs> 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 yeah fair enough okay that's fair yeah uh it's just like I, I don't know i feel like the the christian metal fans are like so nitpicky with what they will and i mean well i guess it's just christianity as a whole it just that's so nitpicky with what they will and won't accept. Uh, and I feel like you guys have just, I appreciate that you guys have just been like, fuck it. This is just who we are. And I feel like it's, it's working for you guys. Thank you. I mean, I think, you know, you spend enough time around people and tour and stuff where eventually, cause I definitely had, if I look back on my early years with fit, I definitely dove into that side of things more. Um, but I feel more honest about talking about my religious aspects or my faith and being a Christian now than I ever did, um, which is really nice because I just feel like eventually one day I just had to stop like using it as a mask and like an identity versus just it's a part of my life and it's something sure. that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, it's definitely because now also nobody fucking does it. There's really not many um, bands out there that even have that. And we just don't, I'm sure you guys probably had the same thing. By the time you've done it for a long time, it's not like every single song that you write is religious. Like you can definitely, when you listen to our record, you can tell the ones that aren't versus are. And um, I think that's healthy. You know, you shouldn't just only talk about one thing. There's too much shit going on. Like if yep. I, you know, after this whole year, if we go and write our next record and all of it is you know, doesn't even touch upon which kind of shit we went through, then it wouldn't be uh, sincere. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It's been a, a kind of weird thing to grow with, but I think our fans have just been cool and have, have been honest and want to get to know us, and they're definitely the ones that rip on us. Or like the other day, there's this band I manage called Left to Suffer, and we put out a... Um, new video and I put a clip on my Instagram and I had to turn the comments off because it's so offensive. The one liner is, um, as I clutch this loaded gun, fuck your God and his only son, which it's coming from the perspective of a story, but still. Brutal. I, I, I could see how that might ruffle some of your fans feathers. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I tried to explain where it's like, why well, I, I work for this band. I love this band. Am I, you know, is this my music? Would I put this in a song? Absolutely not. My band doesn't even cuss. But if you listen to me talk, I do all the time. So obviously I'm thinking consciously about the stuff that I'm putting out. Sure. So, yeah. You know, um, it's, a, it's a fine line. But do you still, are you, you still Christian? Or do you still have faith? Or is that like... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't talk <laughs> about it much because... Uh, I don't know. I it sucks to talk about. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> He's so divisive, and and I don't. I don't know. It it makes people uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. So I just, you know, my wife and I are like pretty involved with our church. Like I do a lot of the like audio mixing and stuff for for our church, and uh, you know, we haven't really done anything with them since the pandemic hit because we're not. Uh, I'm not so into uh, into the into the faith to believe that uh, I'm okay. Jesus has me covered. Like, no. I, yeah. We, stay stay safe, you dipshit. Um, yeah, I'm with you, bud. But uh, but yeah, like we're still very much involved in our church, and like you know, she grew up in a uh, in a pretty religious household, and uh, you know, we're really close with her family, and yeah, I just like I just choose not to talk about it. A because the band that I'm currently in is not a Christian band and I don't want people to uh, take my 
belief system and like apply it to every member of my band because that wouldn't be fair because it's, it's not true. Uh, so I just, you know, if people ask, I talk about it. Otherwise, I just keep it to myself and within my family because I feel like that's the <laughs> that's the respectful way to do it. I 100% agree, man. And that's kind of why we don't talk about it that much, too, because one, we want anyone who likes our music to like our band. And we don't want people to choose to like or dislike our band based off of a religious preference. And a lot of the times when you hear um, that someone is a Christian or identifies that way, it's extremely divisive and it can make a lot of people that liked your band dislike your band, or it can make a lot of people that wouldn't like your band like your band. So we just try not to use it as a crutch. The thing that we, you know, really rode on when we were young because it was a thing. It was a, you know, a scene. But nowadays we just were adults. We write the songs we write about and, you know, it's more important to us. So that's cool. I, you know, I, uh, it's, I never actually really talked about religion on the show. So that's interesting to, I guess only with Ryan or a couple people here and there, but we try not to talk about it for that exact same reason because, a lot of people think I'm super contradictory. I say the fucking dumbest shit on this show all the time, and they'll be like, praise God. They'll be like, how? Well, how is that a thing? It's like, well, because be- I'm, I live in Brooklyn. What do you want? Because uh, it is a thing. Like, it's it's so crazy to me that it's been, like, forced into people's heads that you can't say fuck and then also believe in God at the same yeah, time. Like, it's very I, silly. Yeah. So it's so fucking weird. The yeah, I I'm with you on that one. Well, the same way that pizza is different everywhere you eat it around the country, so is religion. And every single person that like lives in an area, they think that everyone that does something does it exactly like them. But the reality is, it's all different. You all like pizza, but is Chicago pizza, New York pizza, is Connecticut pizza, is New Jersey pizza, is garbage California pizza? No, it's not. But it's all <laughs> pizza, and you fucking love it. So shut up. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I like pizza. (laughs) Maybe I'll eat some today. That would be cool. But yeah, I don't know. My parents just didn't make me weird. They loved me and shit. So that's pretty cool. I'm into that. They're nice. (laughs) But let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk. Oh, also, I was going to make another funny joke, but now it wouldn't be as funny. But honestly, your band is a Christian band because your band's called The Ghost Inside and you're talking about Jesus. It's just everybody doesn't know it, man. You know what I'm saying? You got Jesus inside, man. Uh, Ah! I, I think there was a weird moment there, and this it was before I was in the band, but there's a song on Returners called The Conflict, and uh, and Tommy from Sleeping Giant is on it, mm-hmm. and I believe that there's a line in the song that's like, I don't follow a concept, I worship a king, and, and it's Tommy saying it. It's obviously, that's about God, and I think that that, along with the band's name, might for a minute have caused some confusion about what the band is about, which is a, yet again, another reason why I like, I only speak about my, my faith when yeah. somebody asks me about it. What was the band called beforehand? A dying dream. Or a dying. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I remember listening to a dying dream on MySpace. It was pretty cool. Um, Good. Well, you, you knew about the band well before I did then. <laughs> didn't I was one of those herbs that spent way too much time on pure volume and absolute punk and all that kind of shit. Um, way Every back in the day. Frankly, I still do it a lot. It's terrible. I have a habit. Um, well, but I mean, there's there's nothing better to do right now anyway. We can't do our job, so you might as well scour the internet. Absolutely. Well, that's fun. one of the fun ways that like how you and I connected with that Heirloom song, you know, because mm. I know I had already harassed you about Featured X, as I do with everyone. But it was... <laughs> 
Um, great. <laughs> you know, you got to own it, man. And I was like, hey, have you, have you heard a message from the strange tuck person at some point in the last six months? <laughs> Absolutely. Is it a bot? I'm not a bot. Um, but the heirloom song, or heirloom, or whatever, tomato, tomato, it rocks. It's really fucking good. Um, and it sounds great. And it's one of the things that I talk about a lot on the show because one of the things I want to try to help young people to understand as they make their own bands is quality over quantity. And it's smart for a young band to be like, okay, we want to sound really sick. Okay, who's someone that we know we can trust that's going to bang it? And you absolutely crushed it. And it makes me automatically like that song more than the other ones in my email because it sounds better. It's far more pleasing. Thank you. I appreciate that. They're, they they make it easy. Their heirloom is a fantastic band. Uh, they and and they get it. I feel like they're one of the younger bands that I've worked with in recent years. That they just already understand. Like <clears throat> that. Well, first off, they have a vision, uh, which is like step number one Absolutely. for most bands. That I feel like uh, most younger bands don't even bother spending the time to figure out what it is they want to accomplish and heirloom already had that figured out and actually right now i've i've been working on mixing their their ep but they they just get it you know it's it's easy to work with them they they're open to outside input and criticism and uh and advice um yeah they're they're just solid dudes and i i wish that more bands were open to having uh other people co-write and like give feedback criticism restructuring songs like that's all stuff that and i get it you know when you're young and you're starting out it's real easy to take offense to somebody coming in and like uh telling you something you did might not be the best you know i was just as stubborn in fact i was just i was as well 100 percent, dude all the way up until like maybe the second texas in july record i was a part of i was like what do you mean what I wrote isn't good? What do you mean a five minute song isn't good? Like I would, I would get fucking butter. Uh, it, oh, yeah. it was, it, it's, it's a learned, it's a learned trait to be able to just write something and then drop your ego and like detach yourself from it and say, okay, <clears throat> you're the pro here. Tell me how I can make this better. Like it's, it's a really hard thing to learn. And I think that the sooner a band learns that, like the more likely they are to succeed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Fit for a King around, you know, Death Grip time, you know, when we went, started going to Drew Folk after Death Grip, that really changed a lot of things for us and people could listen to it. And I think say, well, Dark Skies is probably the best fit record. I would agree. And a lot of that is because of Drew, because we finally, you know, we had worked with other producers who definitely helped, like Will Putney definitely had his hand on Slave to Nothing, but our band was all over the place. I had just joined like three weeks ago. We didn't even know each other, so it was fucking weird. And somehow I still wrote all the words that I sang on it because also I was an absolute prima donna, still am. I'm terrible to deal with, and it's not fun. (laughs) Um, Hey, the the fact that you own it makes it better, though. Yeah, the guys have a joke where it's like, well, all we have to do is get Tuck really, really frustrated and depressed, and then he'll write a banger, and then it's like all worth (laughs) it. And... Because <clears throat> I'm difficult, and but it's because I care, and and I definitely cope and like understand that artist who is so difficult, where they're like, well, I don't want other people to touch my shit. The problem is, my shit didn't get better until I had someone who knew how to refine me and tell me what was 
maybe my best moments. And that was hard where just because I like to belt and do runs and all this shit, you know, he Drew was the first one to be like, dude, when you just sing like Death Grip style where you're just like doing your thing, that's the shit. Nobody else can do that like how you do that. You just got to do that. And I was like, okay, like this is how it is. And it took a while for me to swallow that. And then after the record did well, I was like, this is sick. People like me. All right. Like, you know, so I think that that helps with the young, younger bands too, when they get a little bit of um, positive um, affirmation from taking that leap and having a change. But it's great to see that they are very open and willing to working on their songs with you as opposed to being like, this is a song I have that I recorded myself that you can mix. Um, Cause a lot of bands just don't, not everybody has that. We didn't have that. Not if, like you need help. I think, yeah. you know, it, it makes a lot of sense in the end. And I'm sure that you learned that over the years by getting to make so many records with different people. I mean, when you were in Texas, did you guys primarily do stuff with like Carson and Grant? Uh, so uh, Carson did like the first, first full length before I joined the band, before the band even signed to Equal Vision. And then we went, we did a record with Zeus. Ooh. And and, and then we did a record with Will Putney. Sick. And then we did the last Texas record with Grant and Carson again. Uh, and it wasn't until we worked with Will that, uh, at least me personally, and I think the band started to as a whole, kind of loosen up and uh, kind of hand over some of the reins to the producer. At that point, we were kind of like, okay, well, I think we we're starting to understand that that's what we were also hiring our producer to do. We weren't just hiring somebody to turn knobs and press buttons and make us sound good. Like the point of the producer was also to help us take the songs to the next level. And that was the first time where we started to like actually accept that. And then the last record, which I think it's, I think it's our best record and I, it's definitely our most successful. Like if I look at Spotify right now, like out of our top, <clears throat> top 10 songs, uh, all but three of them are off of the last record. Blood work, right? Yep. Yeah, record's and, and, fucking great. Yeah, thank you. And and that's the record where we really opened up the doors. Like we had lost a guitar player and a vocalist, and we almost broke up. And instead, we're like, well, let's just go to the studio, and we'll have Grant write the songs with us. So Grant basically was our second guitar player for that record. Oh, sick. And, and him and I bounced ideas and and stuff off of each other. And I think that, and that, like I said, that's the most open we've been to having somebody be in our creative process. And it ended up being our most successful record. Yeah, man, I fucking love that record. It was cool to get to hear JT. And I'm, I, you know, I'm all about the underdog. And I think it was really cool to see how JT entered the band because it was also at the time when YouTube was kind of becoming a real tool and an asset. And he was one of the first people to capitalize that and be doing cool content and videos and stuff. And I mean, I think JT sucks now. I don't like him. I think he's <laughs> stupid. And I think he should learn how to grow some hair. Um, but it's all right. <laughs> he He's he's a fucking character, man. Yeah, he had, he had tried out for, uh, he tried out for my friend's local band and they showed me they showed me some of his YouTube videos and I was like, Oh yeah, that dude's voice is fucking great. Didn't at, at that time, didn't even think about him for Texas. And then we, uh, we found out that our singer was leaving and I hit up my buddy. I was like, yo, what was that guy's name again? And he sent me a video of him covering, I think ironically enough, the ghost inside. And I, I immediately was like, yeah, give me his number. I'm going to call him 
or I think I texted him. I said, hey, you know, this is Chris from Texas in July. Would you be interested in trying out for the band? Uh, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. And within like an hour and a half, I had two covers <laughs> of our songs. Jesus. And I was and I was immediately like, yeah, this is our guy. I sent it to management and the rest of the band's like, this is without a doubt, this is our guy. And he he almost didn't make it into the band because we took him on Warp Tour with us. And uh, his first show with us on Warp Tour was his sixth show of all time which is no pressure at all fuck and uh you know we spent like two weeks rehearsing with them before we left and you know kind of coached them up on like stage banter and all of that and then <laughs> i think the pressure of day one got to him when he was walking on stage and like you know all the like moths dudes are like standing at the back of the stage watching like the abr guys are at front of house and we can see him from the stage at, like you know having all of his favorite oh, bands no watching i think put a little bit too much pressure on him and all all of the coaching and stuff we did to him the two weeks prior just went right out the window uh but he he quickly turned it around and he smashed the rest of the tour and i like i i can't imagine who who else could have saved our band in that moment because we like i said we were like very much ready to just call it quits after we lost our singer and our guitar player on that's the gotta same be tour. really hard to deal with um, and Alex was a really unique singer too, so he wasn't easy shoes to fill. Right? Um, yeah, he had a really unique voice. He he like put on a good stage show. Looked like a bad motherfucker up there. Like, oh yeah, you would never. He looked like he should have been in like fucking terror or something. He definitely- yeah, you wouldn't step to that dude. He was. I saw him once, and he was wearing like boots and shit, and I was like, I would not fuck with this dude. Like, right. But the the funny thing is, he's a fucking teddy bear. He's a total sweetheart. Um. Yeah, so it was it was tough. I think we we saw Alex exiting the band about a year, probably before he even quit. Like we could see uh, his drive to go on tour and play shows like slowly diminishing. So we weren't shocked. Uh, what blindsided us was also losing our other guitar player at the same time, and yeah. and that's where we like fuck. How the hell do we even bounce back from this? And Thankfully, when we found JT, it kind of lit a fire under our ass. Yeah, the dude's special, and he—it's just—it's been cool to see what he's been able to do, um, growing since. Because I guess his stint with you was really just those two or three years. Um, yeah, I think it was the blood work and touring. Yep, I think I think <laughs> with us, he toured with us in, at the end of or no summer two thousand thirteen through the end of the year. Then we did blood work the following January and then the band broke up played a last show in December of 2015. So yeah, like about two years. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. What, uh, what in the end made you guys stop? Well, <clears throat> we, it was like a year of just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. So lost our singer and guitar player got JT. We brought my best friend into the band to play guitar. Uh, and, all, all seemed well. We were firing on all cylinders again. The album was doing really well. And then we went out on a short run, Canadian run, with within the ruins that started like in the Midwest and it was going across Canada from like Western Canada to the East. And uh, we got like two shows in and our uh, <laughs> our transmission blew out in the middle of nowhere in Montana. I mean, and when Sick. I say middle of nowhere i mean literally in a town with a population of 500 uh, oh no and it was the week of thanksgiving so we couldn't get a new transmission for a week we had to be towed to the next town over 
in order to get a transmission. And while we were stuck in the first town, our bass player got jumped by a bunch of drunk rednecks. Uh, we found out that our guitar player, our new guitar player, was having a kid and was leaving the band. Uh, and then we finally get back on the road after being stuck for two weeks. And our drummer, Adam, starts having heart issues to the point of needing to be hospitalized. And we had to leave the tour early. And it's just like, after clawing our way back from like losing members and starting to pick up steam again to realizing that we didn't know if Adam was going to be able to tour because of his heart condition. Yeah. We, uh, we canceled a European tour and it's just like, I feel like the universe is like maybe telling us that this might have run its course. And, uh, and Adam was like, you know, because of his health was just like not interested in touring anymore. So there, there just was no band without Adam. Adam was the draw to our band as weird, like as weird as that is to, to say, like Adam, no, he's a superstar. Yeah. He, he was the face of our band, even though he was the drummer. And so like without him, there just was no band. And so we weren't going to move forward with that. And so it just, it felt like there were too many things stacking up against us. Uh, so we just decided to just call it a day and quit it, quit it before our heart flame completely fizzled out. Yeah, for sure. No, I get that. I mean, and Adam is one of the best, if not the best, metalcore drummer of all time. Oh, I I mean, I'm obviously biased because I was in a band with him for five years, but I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you have a couple people who are up there in that conversation, the Mats and Lukes and all that kind of stuff, but fucking... My, Adam's the man. I've gotten to tour with him a bit with the ABR guys, and... uh because for everyone listening, Adam will like go out and drum tech for Matt, and <clears throat> we've had a blast together. I fucking love that dude. I think he's great. Yeah, Doesn't he's a, a good, lot of nice time with yeah. him. He he's a psychopath. He's funny as shit. Yeah, I love it. He's my speed. It's great. <laughs> um, he says weird shit, and I do too, and it's great. He makes oh, me feel normal. He says the weirdest shit, which yeah. is fun, incredible. <laughs> and but that's the thing is about extreme talent too is. You're never going to meet someone that's that good at something that's totally normal. You this is true. I mean? Like, this is that's why every rock star story is a rock star story it's because they were that's what made them them, you know. Uh, so it's always an interesting observation to kind of see it into the mind of people like that. But I've really enjoyed my time with Adam, and I, I truly do believe he's just one of the greatest drummers ever. Dude, seeing him on, I forget what TV show it was, like Conan was, or some shit. It was, it was Leno. Leno. Fucking yeah. wild. Absolutely wild. On, on Leno and being judged by William Shatner. Like, what a fucking combination coolest thing ever like yeah you know did, did some wild stuff but so pretty shortly after you guys disbanded and texas came to a halt you ended up finding yourself in the ghost inside and how, how'd that happen yeah so there was actually a, a second of overlap between the two um so i guess it would have been december of 2014 we we didn't really have the like okay we're calling it quits talk but like each of us like I had a talk with JT and then I had a talk with Adam and then, you know, everybody was talking to each other separately about like, yeah, I feel like this might be, I feel like this might be coming to an end. And so I, I knew, I knew the, the like, okay, let's pick a date to call it uh, quits on this. I knew that conversation was coming. And so I went to a show uh, that uh, is a TGI every time I die architects counterparts tour. Terrible lineup. 
Oh, it's the garbage fucking bins. Like, yeah. I can't believe anybody put that tour on the road. Yeah. Um, so that they hit Baltimore, which is like the second to last day of that tour. And so I just went to hang out and, uh, they, they told me that Aaron, the, uh, guitar player from TGI that I replaced was leaving the band. And that the next show was the last show of the tour. And it was his last show with the band. And, uh, they didn't really know what they were going to do after that. And I was just like, you know, I don't know what's going on with Texas. We're probably not going to tour much next year. We might even be breaking it up. So if you guys need somebody, like I'll just be sitting at home uh, doing nothing. You know, I'd be more than happy to come out and and fill in for you guys for a minute until you figure out what your permanent situation is. And they were all like, oh, no, you're going to be too busy. You're going to be too busy. I was like, I'm really not going to be busy, guys. Uh, and, and about a month later, Jim called me and said, hey, uh, we we – are interested in having you come play some shows with us. Uh, would you want to do it? And I was like, fucking absolutely. I would love to do it. Um, and so from like, yeah, from like March of 2015 till the band, well, till the accident and the, you know, Texas broke up, I was doing double duty. I would basically go out. Like my first tour with TGI was like all of March and April in the States, then May in, in Europe came home and immediately like less than 24 hours later left with texas to go do a gideon uh run then immediately went back to europe with the ghost inside and then came back and did another run with texas like i was doing double duty non-stop basically oh wow that's um, crazy yeah and even so the the texas u.s farewell tour uh was going on at the same time as the tour that uh tgi was on when we got in the accident and uh, I was meant to finish the TGI tour, fly out for a week of the Texas tour, and then fly back to go back out with uh, the Ghost Inside again, which I obviously didn't make it there. But I was I was going to do double duty all the way to the bitter end, and it just unfortunately didn't work out that way. Wow. That's crazy. You were a very busy man. Um, yep. Did you... Um... Were you on the bus when everything happened, or were you with Texas? Yep, I was on the bus. We were four or five shows away from the end of the tour. Uh, so, I, yeah, I was supposed to meet up with Texas like a week later. Um, but, yeah, I was, on, I was on the bus for, for the entire event, yes, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. And, um, you know, I, yeah. I can't even imagine what that is like. Uh, so we're not going to talk about it because that doesn't sound very fun. And <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, stuff like that, that's, you know, we don't need to really dive into that. There's articles out there and there's plenty of stuff that if people don't know what we're talking about, I'm sure you can Google it and you can figure it out. But more importantly, yeah, the, the, God bless. And I'm happy that you are here and that the band is here. And, I, uh, you know, it's a blessing so there's also of already a five-part uh podcast out there about the entire incident if anybody wants to oh, actually Jesus. so yeah yeah okay they can go do that that sounds great um pretty cool it is time for the mid roll do you want to work with your favorite artist? Maybe a vocalist for a sick feature like Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Siren, Shane Told of Silverstein, maybe Telly from The Word Alive, maybe Rio from Crystal Lake, maybe my Ryan freaking Kirby from Fit For The 
Kings. Do you need some extra shred on that song that you are writing? Maybe Nick Nocturnal from Terminal or Dan Sugarman from Ice Nine Kills or Daniel Gailey from Fit for the Kings should be sweeping all over it. Maybe you're looking for live or MIDI drums to complete that song or record that you've been working on. Do you need someone like Tanner Wayne from In Flames or Austin Archie from Lorna Shore? Sure you fucking do. You can go to FeaturedX.com and share your music with some of the best in the scene. It takes just a few minutes and you may get to collaborate with your favorite artist. We also now have added graphic designers, photographers, and videographers. You can find someone great in your region to work with or have your merch designed by some of the best. For instance, if you like Fit for a King's merch, go work with Jim Hughes. He's the person who designs with it, and you can work with him through FeaturedX.com. All right, this week for the Mid-Romash. My buddy Jonathan DeLise hooked me up with a hot track. It's called A Forest of Blind Men by Queen Kona. Uh, The song and video are pretty fucking sweet. Sounds great. Of course it does, because Jonathan mixed it. Only critique I had was it's a little bit long, and I have a very short attention span. But I did make it through the whole thing. Why? Because it's great. Really enjoyed the singing on the tra- on this track as well. Um, overall, really solid, well put together. I enjoyed it. If you want to hear your song on the Get Tucked podcast, email me at gettuckthepodcast at gmail.com. Wow. All right, here we go, Mother Tuckers. A forest of blind men. By Queen Kona.
the latest Ghost Inside album? How was making that with Will? Because it seems like it was just a really intense emotional endeavor, but not in like the sense where it looked exhausting but exhilarating. Um, yeah, it it was probably the smoothest and uh, just most seamless record making process I've ever been a part of. Like when we started talking about producers, uh, Will was one of the first people to came up, that came up and I like really, really, really pushed Will. Cause the, the guys had basically only worked with uh, Andrew Wade and Jeremy McKinnon for the previous two records. And, oh, okay. and uh, so they were, they were kind of still leaning in that direction which I have nothing against Andrew Wade. I think that he's also like a, an unbelievable genius. Um, I don't know. He hasn't put out any hits, dude. N- yeah, not a single one? No hits, man. No hits out of that guy. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He can't even auto-tune. Fuck. You You know what? You make a valid point. You know, honestly, Jeremy McKinnon, he's all auto-tune. That's the truth, man. That guy can't yeah. even sing. His screamo is backtracked. Uh, he's uh he's definitely never written a hook in his life. That's never written a hook in his life. No, yeah, Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the bangers and what a uh, mix. Um, but yeah, so I I had such a great experience with Will doing the one Texas record we did together that I was like, I I think Will is the right guy uh, for this. I, I we were there was a couple things happening. One, uh, it's obviously a very intense uh thing to try to take on a your first record in i don't know five six years but also one that's uh about (laughs) you know almost dying together um and aaron uh the original guitar player was the the main songwriter so we were taking on uh such a heavy topic for an album and trying to figure out how to write a record as a band for the first time. Um, and, and it just felt to me like Will was that guy. And I think after a very short conversation, I think all of us were on the same page. Cause he just, you look at his track record and you, I mean, how could anybody not feel like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a competent guy to uh, put your trust in. Absolutely. And, uh, I've loved my time with Will. Getting to be around him has been extremely helpful. And he's actually the first person to like get Kirby to sing and stuff too. So we're, We've had some great times with him. We The way that we look at the one record we did with him is we wish we were better at that time where sure. you know we just didn't know each other or get along that great at the time, and it definitely affected that album. But, um, yeah, Will Putney's the fucking man. Was Randy there working on it too or just Will? Uh, uh, Randy didn't work on it. Randy was there working on his own stuff. I think Randy has graduated from uh, assistant to just being his own badass yeah, producer. Yeah, he's got most of his own shit. Like, he does the Kublai Khan records and New Chamber record and a bunch of fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, so we we just had Will, and then there were some other assistants around, like, doing, like, editing work for him and stuff. Uh, but, so, yeah, so we, we decided Will was the guy after, like, a short phone conversation. And then uh, May of 2019, we met up with him in Florida. Um and did some like pre-production and writing and like literally 10 minutes in on day one, we were just like, okay, this is, this is our fucking guy. Uh, he gets what we're trying to do here. Uh, and, and it feels like he's just like the sixth member of the band. And it got to a point where a- Andrew, our drummer is now the main songwriter in the band. Cause he's a fucking, he rips man. Creature. He's so good at, at fucking everything. It's like, I left a band with Adam 
who is good at everything and joined a band with Andrew who is also good at everything. It's fucking frustrating. It's wild. Yeah, I watch his Instagram a lot and see, you know, what kind of stuff he's working on. And dude's a whiz. I didn't know he could play guitar, let alone, like, rip. I didn't know until I joined the band either, which is fucking crazy. I guess he, uh, when he was in For the Fallen Dreams, he wrote a lot of stuff for that band too. No shit. Fuck drummers, man. I don't like them. Supposedly there's this whole thing about drummers are intellectuals a majority of the time, um, which could be true. But, you know, it's just I don't want to think about, like, you know, my my drummer, for instance, like, he's really good at everything, and he's really talented, and he's also really hot, and he's, like, 6'4", and he's like a fucking <laughs> model. And for that, I think Jared's a piece of shit. I don't even like that guy. I don't like being around him because he makes me look so dumpy. But Yeah, I, you know, I've never met him, but I'll go ahead and say fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, he sucks a lot. Yeah, I don't like him. And no, he's like one of the only people I've ever met where, like, straight up, we'll be at like a coffee shop and someone will just come up to him and be like, "You're beautiful. Can I give you my number?" And then just walk Fucking away. Good for that guy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's sick. Um, I actually, I, I guess I like him a little bit. He's okay. He's good at stuff. He's makes he does, my he band does. look cool, you know, and that's important. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you gotta look cool, and you gotta have hot guys in your band. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Andrew's super fucking talented, man. Um, it's cool to see what he's writing. Are you playing Kiesel too, or are you an ESP guy? I can't remember. Uh, I what was a Kiesel guy. I am. I'm now an ESP guy. Oh, okay, cool. Um, are you? Do you get anything new for the twenty um twenty twenty one run? I haven't yet, but they are currently working on something for me, which I'm very excited oh, about. They're working gonna... on something. Well, for not it's it's nothing crazy. They're just taking one of their 2021 models and kind of modifying it a bit for me. Sick. So it's it's not a full custom, but I am getting a little bit of a little bit of love from their their shop over there in LA. That's very sick. Tony is yeah. the man in ESPN. ESP is a really great. I almost just ESPN. ESP is a really sick company. Um, he's been such a nice dude to our band over the years. Yeah, Tony is a he's a gem. He takes really good care of of uh, Zach, our other guitar player, which is how I I ended up there. He's he's a fucking great human being. Yeah, he's sick. Um, they've taken. I mean, Bob's ESP custom that he got made is wild, bro. It's so sick. I got little girl hands, so it's really hard for me to play. <laughs> um, but because it's like baritone and seven string and stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, that's I had trouble with the ding wall for that reason, because I'm only five seven. So when I play a bass that's, you know, 37 inches, it, it does look a little weird on me because sure. and I especially it. This sounds so stupid. But like you ever do a shoulder day and then try to play a ding wall, uh, you know, it's hard. You're, you yeah. get all crampy. You're holding your arm up the whole time. It's hard. Um, but I do. I think I, one of these days I'll give a, a fan fret a shot again, but, um, his isn't, his is just standard 27, I think, but it's a big piece of shit. It's awesome. Does, I love it. Uh, does he still tour with you guys or is he just like he doesn't tour he procreates too much um he (laughs) (laughs) prolific procreator dude yeah he just yeah he just keeps doing it it's pretty cool he's got three of them now he just keeps collecting them like pokemon um good for him his kids are sick they're super smart and awesome i love them a lot um 
Bob, he owns a shop in Texas where they actually, so he, he owns this plant shop called Grow Plant Shop, and it's super fucking cool. You can have them ordered to your house, too, and stuff. They ship really well. It's a bunch of exotic plants, not like flowers, like more household plants. Sure. And they just, they were selling out of this really cool renovated trailer on this um, suite, like, avenue in Fort Worth for the last couple of years. And now just opened their first brick and mortar this past weekend, actually, in a crazy new location. Good and for him. Smashing. So everyone listening, go to growplantshop.com and order a fucking plant for your mom. Um, <laughs> Fantastic ad. <laughs> dude, thank you. I appreciate it. Go order a plant for your fucking mom. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. There you go. That's pretty cool. But yeah, so he can't tour. He'll probably only tour if we ever get like a Gojira tour or something where he's like, Fair. I have to come. Like, this is my favorite band. Um, so we'll see. But maybe when the kids all get old, if he stops making them and they get old enough where they go to school, he might come sometimes. But Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, so we'll see. But I would love to. He's my best friend. I fucking love that guy. He's the shit. He's also really good looking. Um, he, he, he is a handsome dude. He's so hot. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's really, it's nuts. But he's also the, the nicest person has the voice of a demon. Um, His voice is like down here all the fucking time and shit. It's fucking weird. But um, he's That's great. I love him. Uh, he riffs as well. So we're just glad that he's still staying with the band and doing the music videos and doing as much as he can. It's just, you know, when you first, uh, you know, I think when, you know, he was on his second child and he was, did his last run with us, just certain days you could really see it, that it hurt, you know, and as a friend, you want your friend to be happy. So, you know, what's best for him, I think, is being home with his family. But luckily, he still riffs because that guy writes good songs and we'd be pretty fucked if he wasn't in the band. I guess that was gonna be my my next question. Is he he just he just uh, writes for writes with you guys for the records then? Yeah, like he'll he'll you know do a bunch of pre pro and like you know we'll all attempt at some things, but then he'll come out and actually do the like five weeks in L.A. with us with Drew Folk and write Sick. with us. So that'll Fuck. be the one time that he does like an extended stay and you know dives into the whole thing. But we kind of also just want to divide it up a little bit more, like not always just have it be in some big batch because everybody always has that time where you go back and listen to something a couple weeks later and you're like, "Fuck, I would change that thing" or whatever you know, spice up this bridge and yada, yada. And I think that we're trying to like pace it out a little bit more in the future, which would be cool. And also easier. For sure. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Guy rips, writes good songs. Um, so when you guys worked with Will, were, was it just like you guys went to Belleville for like six weeks or something and, and chopped it up? Uh, so we, we like, well, like, well, like I was saying earlier, we, we started in Florida because uh, the record was technically co-produced by Will and Jeremy. Um, oh. And, and Jer Jeremy had just had his, his baby girl, and so we didn't want to take him away from his family. So we, we started out by doing two weeks of pre-production and writing in Florida in May of 2019. Um, and, that, and like I was saying earlier, that's like how we, we really knew that like Will was definitely our guy because like after the first day, Will and Andrew were sitting and writing like one or two songs a day by barely even speaking to each other. Like they would be like, Oh, you know what you need next? And then like, Will would take the guitar and like play something and Andrew would be like, that's exactly what I was thinking or vice versa. Like, 
cool. They, they just like started vibing so much that we were like, yeah, we fucking, we made the right decision here. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy would come in with his fucking, uh, you know, mediocre hooks. I'm kidding. Of course his, he would, he would be like, Oh, I have this fucking melody idea for that chorus. Like check, check this out. And it would be fucking absurd. So we knew right away that we had like a winning team for the record. Um, so we did that in May. We went and played the comeback show in July and then August, we, we went to Belleville for six weeks and uh, actually tracked the record. Brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. nice that you got to really take your time on it and sculpt something. And it definitely shows because the record is incredible. Um, Thank you so much. I've listened to it once, twice, I suppose. It's okay. I, I've listened to it once or twice as well. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> now, the, the singing on it, is it Jim or is it Jonathan? Or is it's, it it's visual. Yeah, it's it's visual. He uh, all of the singing on the records has always been visual, and he does have he has a great voice. Uh, but he always says that once he starts screaming, uh, it's like it's like out the door for him. Yeah, so which he is, screams like a fucking caveman. He literally screams by yelling as loud as he possibly can. It's it's psychotic, <laughs> but it sounds good. Oh, so it really is that intense. He's one of oh, those guys. He, he, yeah, and J, JT is actually the same way. They both scream by just fucking like yelling as loud as they possibly can until their voice breaks up. It's fucking wild. Speaking of which the new era, one of the new era songs, Snowblood was my most listened to song of the last year. Yeah. It's that song's a ripper. It's, it's so, so good. That little harmonic. Oh my God. It's so sick. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Jesse, man. <laughs> yeah. He sucks, man. I'm not a fan of that guy. Um, I think he's bad at singing. I think he's bad at guitar. It's all backtracked. That's the thing. Like, that's why everyone's like, man, that's crazy. How is he singing and playing all those tappies and shit? Cause it's fucking backtracked. Both of it, the singing and the fucking playing punk. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Fucking. What he's a dick. dick. Alex is what? my guy though. Yeah. That's funny. You owe me a Coke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alex is my guy though. I love him. I really, I like the rest of them a lot. I just don't like Jesse at all. I think he's a bad person. I don't, know, I don't man. think he's nice. I, uh, I don't know, man. Sean, Sean's pretty shot. Sean, I think Sean's pretty shot. I like bald guys, though, and he, you know, we look kind of similar, right, so right. I don't really hate on people that get hated on. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> our life is hard enough. We're short. We're bald. Like, we got to make do. You know what I mean? And um, he, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, so <laughs> pat yourself on the back, Sean. Um, <laughs> no, I, I fucking, I love all of those guys so much. They're, they're That's fucking great. true gentlemen. Yeah. We've gotten to spend a lot of time with those guys over the years and they've always been a joy to be around except for this one time when it was my birthday and then we all got fucking turnt and then fucking, uh, Jesse, he flipped this ping pong table and the last of my weed was on that table i was rolling the spliff and then he fucking threw it and then oh i was fucking pissed what a fucking dick you should fight i should should fight i would not fight jesse because he would fucking i would beat his ass that's the truth i'm not even gonna play (laughs) but um you know it's okay he's way more talented than me so that's something he's way more handsomer he's got good hair he can shred so he's got lots of stuff he doesn't need to be able to beat me up but like that's fair he's got a few things going for him i think i think he's doing okay um but it is <laughs> the new singles fuck i am a fan um so, i i i may or may not have heard the record and ooh. it may or may it may or may not be fucking amazing who did they work with on this record was it Carson uh, Grant? Yeah, they they did Carson and Grant. I think JT uh I think JT talked him into doing everything with Carson and Grant now after doing the the Texas record with them. 
they got some sauce. They're great. Um, they it's, do. I there's a band um band that Kirby manages that's going to be going in there to record too, and it's just really cool to see. Um, oh, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. I better mask Ryan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, did, you didn't say you didn't say the band's name. Oh, he only manages one band. Everyone would. Know. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. There you go. So <laughs> it is what it is. But um, it's just a lot of the stuff they did that Polaris mix, and yep. that shit is phenomenal. Um, yep. I yeah, I've, I'm a big fan of that record. And that band. I just think that song, Masochist. Yeah, dude, it's so, so incredibly good. good because it's just a song. It doesn't yep. sound like anything except for a song. And I love when core bands can do that because it's yep. a bit rare. You know, we all get caught up in fucking hearing architects wank on guitars all the time and shit. And we're like, why don't I wank on guitars? Well, because I'm not architects. And then you're like, oh, I have identity crisis. And then. It's hard to just uh, remember that sometimes you just got to focus on the the goal of the song. And uh, I would say Snowblood smashed that as well while also having incredibly enticing riffs. Um, it just feels complete. It's like Spirit Box. They oh, don't, dude, don't even get me started on Spirit Box. Spirit Box and Load, those bands. People are like, man, this is so crazy. This is so good. You want to know why it's so good? Because they wrote songs. Yep. They just wrote yep. them. And there was real songs. I think that when touring comes back, I think Spirit Box is going to take over the planet. I disagree. I think it's all got to be backtracks. That those guys suck. Mike <laughs> can't even play guitar. He's real bad. But Bill, he's handsome. He's the new steel. He looks just as good as the bass player from Alexis on Fire, but better. And you know they're Canadian, <laughs> so that's the thing. And <laughs> but they're Canadian, which means they're really fucking nice. Which means everybody's gonna love them even more. I will say. They, from the times that I've spoken with them, they are incredibly sweet, and I am very excited to see what their future holds because they are going to take over the planet, like you said. They already get to go on the boat cruise with Coheed and Cambria, and that's cooler than anything. Um, so Fair. I am jealous. But it's just they they break the algorithm because it's interesting now that there was this time period where there's this gap and when tours come back, they're going to look a lot different. And for a band like them, you know, generally a band opens a tour and they're the one of four and they get 150, 250 bucks and they open a tour. There's no fucking way any of that shit is happening with that band. They're going to jump right in and need to be direct support to somebody and have yep. like solid pay and because they're going to, otherwise they're going to outdraw everybody and everyone's going to fucking leave. Hey, um, they they had the number one song on Sirius Liquid Metal for all of 2020. There's no way they're going to be an opening band. No, I think they'll be direct support to somebody. I think the only way that they open is if it's like a Bring Me tour or something stupid. You know, because you know everybody is going to try to get them. It's not like it's going to be like, oh, are they available? Yeah, right. please. It's going to be a fucking <laughs> betting war. Like, you might have to give up naming rights to your first child to have Spirit Box <laughs> on a fucking tour. Yeah. I mean, it would be worth it. Well, this is going to have the same fucking problem, man. And by problem, yep. I mean they're going to make too much money, and it's not fair. Um, yeah, know, low going to jump right to fucking, like, Brixton or something over there in the UK. Yeah, it's pretty wild to see what um, people are capable of when they just put out great content and great music. And it's very refreshing to see. It for makes sure. makes me extremely excited for tours. Tours are going to be really fucking cool. Um, 
but I'm I I'm very ex- yeah. Like I said, I just can't wait. I think it's gonna I, be crazy. I know you probably talk about this a ton on here, especially right now. When when do you see tours coming back? Do you see tours coming back? Let's oh, go there. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think um, September. Um, so if you start, you know, because my whole thing, I live in New York City. I live in Brooklyn, so it's an it's been an interesting place for the pandemic because at first we were the epicenter we were the worst and then things kind of spread out and stuff um now that i'm seeing people like cuomo he's opening up restaurants for valentine's day in march they're doing weddings of uh, 150 capacity allowed in the city again he said they're going to do outdoor events in the spring and he's just completely switched where he's like no if we don't start opening things then we'll have nothing to open like in the future um, and regardless of whatever, whoever's listening feels about either side of that, I'm just stating facts. I am not telling you my fucking opinion, but would I like to go back to my job? Yeah, it sucks. So I think it really depends. I saw today there was an announcement about how it's going to be open floodgates in April, supposedly for the vaccine, says Fauci. If that be the case, people are able to get their vaccine. I see festivals, still some festivals happening in the springtime, and then I think you'll see Fit for a King out on the Parkway Drive tour this fall. But um, I fucking I hope so, man. I like truly hope so. It's we're just in such a weird position with our band because we don't tour tour. We just do like you know fly dates. Yeah. That like I don't know. Like people keep asking about our uh, our like Brixton show this summer (laughs) and like you know our our full force date in Germany stuff and it's like. Well, I think that's going to be tough. Yeah. The the only problem is if you guys were all just flying over there as individuals and getting your gear there, you could totally do it if they still have the festival. Because I have friends that have actually gone back and forth from England a couple times since um, being here, which with the uh, super variant thing going, definitely not bright. Um, Yeah, no. And this is not something I'm advocating or doing, and that's why I'm not going to tell them your name. They're fucking troll, because I'm not going to let you get on anybody. But is it <laughs> stupid? Yeah, I'm saying it's stupid, all right? I state facts here, fam. I don't tell you my opinion. It's sick. You don't get to know it. Um, so I think it's possibility. The problem is international travel. So, like, will you know we be able to go and do an international run anytime, you know, before 2022 i think that's going to be questionable um it might just be a lot of stuff within the country but right um, i'm open to that if that be the case uh so that might be difficult with your festivals this summer but hopefully not it's hard to say they seem to be letting people travel back and forth so as long as you can show you got a vaccine then fuck it right um it just will there be enough time to prepare for the festival based off of the amount of vaccines that are given between the months of april and june or something like that that actually makes opening a festival feasible that's but, that's that's what i'm curious about is like how fast yeah. can they let stuff out will yeah. I, I guess this is probably a, a, a dumb question but will you get stuck Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I'll take two of them. I don't give a shit. I put so much shit in this body, dude. I'm a tank. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like drugs. I've done a bunch of them, uh, except for the stupid ones, because I don't want to die. And um, I just am open to it. I've gotten vaccines in the past. I didn't know what was in those either. Uh, I've yep. I've taken lots of medicine, had surgeries. I've done party fun stuff. I've whatever. 
There's a lot of things that I've put in this body that I have no idea what the fuck it was down to every time I've drank a soda. Because um, that shit's also terrible for you and you shouldn't drink hot fructose corn syrup, you stupid bitch. Um, but um, <laughs> it's I I would willingly do it uh, as a as a guinea pig for my band. But I think every we're all so desperate where we're like, no, I really miss my job. Like, of course I'll take it. I'll do anything to have my job back. And that's the sad part too is you put people in this position where it's like, okay, well, you can uh, have your job back, uh, your career, everything that you love, um, and you can take this vaccine, or you can not. Right. And, well, what am I going to do? I'm going right. to get it, you know? So I totally respect the people that are like, well, I'd rather take the time to not tour and not have to get it. Um, but I'm I'm very glad I went throughout this whole year. I This is probably the healthiest I've ever been. I haven't uh, gotten sick the entire year, and I just want to be able to go do my job again. So, long story short, yeah, fucking stick me. I'm ready. Uh, yep, I'm with you. They they could have stuck me six months ago, and I would have been all about it if it meant that, uh, like you said, we get to do our job again. Like, yeah, yeah fuck yeah, fucking stab me 20 times. I'm in. 100%. Yeah, I don't care, and I just think it's funny where I'm like, you know, pardon my French, but I'm seeing people be like, man, I'm not going to take the vaccine, but it's like, dude, you told me last week you licked a butthole. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, be consistent. I like consistency. Like, don't be fucking stupid. Like, you can't tell me that it's like, okay, I'm going to go do a rail of coke off a fucking toilet, and then you're not going to get the fucking vaccine. Just get the fucking vaccine, bro. Have you have you seen the video? Do you follow uh, Craig from Straight from the Path? I do. Have you seen the video of him <laughs> acting like he's talking to somebody where he's like, oh, vaccine? What? A microchip? Oh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, I'm not going to take it. And then he pretends like he's doing a line of coke. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen that, but that's fucking great. It's um, so fucking funny and so accurate to how like how I've seen so many people talking about the situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he feels that way. And I hope that other people wouldn't be fucking stupid either. Cause that's, it's just dumb. Like you right. literally putting something that's like, Oh, it's only like filtered through gasoline and stuff like that. Like it's not that fucking bad. Yeah. Oh, it's white. Right. It looks like sugar. Do you know what the fuck goes into making cocaine? <laughs> like, Dude. <laughs> or people that just like take a bunch of fucking MDMA on the weekends. And then they're like, no man, I can't take the fucking, vaccine it's not natural bro it's like dude you just fucking lit your brain on fire for 48 hours and just danced but you won't <laughs> it's stupid but the the, the yeah. mental gymnastics people do to justify things like that is pretty impressive almost honestly i'm not gonna lie yeah it's pretty cool i like it i like hearing <laughs> the shit I, i'm not that dumb so i'm not gonna do it myself but if you want to be an idiot you're welcome to it um and if anyone's listening to this show and they're feeling like I'm attacking them because they don't want to get the vaccine, I'm sorry. You don't have to. And that is part of it is I don't – the problem with going back to shows, and this is what Tally just said on my show the other day too, and I agree with it, is I've, I don't want to make other people have to get vaccine vaccinated in order to come to the concert. That's the part I feel bad about because right. I'll do shit to me because I've done shit to myself for a long time. I don't care. Yep. But – I will not ever do anything or force anything on the people that like my music because I care about them. And, and I, if I heard about one person that was like, I got the vaccine just to go to the Fit for a King concert and then I, you know, got sick or whatever, I would feel bad. So, yep. 
You know, all yep. jokes aside, there is a double side to the coin, and it's difficult to find the middle between my desperation to want to go back to work and the uh, fact of the matter that other people will also have to participate in it. So, but then that's where you have, you know, choice. And if people want to go to concerts, they're likely going to have to get vaccinated. Um, I'm not sure if you'll have to scan your little black mirror and let Live Nation know that you got one to get in or whatever, but. Right. Um, but it, it's an interesting situation, man. It, you know, it, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I, I wouldn't want to force anyone into getting a vaccine that they don't want either. Uh, and just like, you know, I wouldn't want to rush back to doing shows before it's like safe to do them either, because I don't want it on my conscience that somebody comes to a ghost inside show to hear a fucking breakdown and then ends up with fucking COVID. Like, that's just not worth it to me. Yeah. And um, as, you know, I think, so, you know, like with the way I like to play, I like to crowd surf. I would like, I like to walk on the bar and steal people's drinks. I'm a fucking troll while I play. And <laughs> I, I, that's one of the things where it's just, there's going to be a barrier for a while until it's really okay to go back to full, you know, we'll play shows, but I'm, you know, I don't think we'll be as up and close and personal like we once were as much as, you know, the first thing I'm going to want to do is just jump out. For but sure. It's probably not the smart move. Um, <laughs> so hopefully they allow us an opportunity to ease into it. Hopefully the vaccine does actually come out a lot and people choose to do it on their own free will. Right. And then we all get to go back and have fun together because it is a, a symbiotic relationship. We give something and get something and they get something and give something. So it's a, and you know something that I think a lot of people are hopeful for. And I think concerts are going to be fucking massive when they return. And that's what's cool about something like a spirit box is they don't even know how many people they're going to draw when they come back. But I bet you it's going to be a lot. Oh, yeah. it's They're going to crush. <laughs> yeah. They're going to crush. For you guys, you say you only do fly dates at this point. Um, understandably so. Is there any idea of whether you think you would come back as a touring act or is that just not likely in the future? <laughs> to inside? Uh, I mean, it's been talked about. Um, I think that there's still some some hesitancy from some members um i mean would i get back totally in understandable bus? yeah would i get back in a bus and try it again like yeah i would um but you know we we don't do anything within our band unless all five of us sign off on it and i don't yes. think we have i don't think we have that right now but it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen in the future like i think that part of getting back to there is like traveling the world and playing the shows like in limited numbers to ease us back into just being a band again. Uh, and then we can kind of figure out if, you know, normal touring fits back into our, uh, you know, new lifestyle or not. That sounds like a very healthy decision to just see if it's okay flying out and doing some stuff here and there and how you guys all feel. And, you know, it must have been incredible getting to do. Did you end up doing the Worcester one? I know you did the one out we, in Los Angeles. We, we, we didn't get to do the Worcester one. It got rescheduled. It's technically supposed to happen this July. And that's another one that's kind of, you know, it's up in the air to see what, what happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we, we were getting offers as soon as there were like whispers uh about us doing the the la show uh we were get already getting offers for you know like european festivals and we got an offer to do uh <clears throat> unify festival in australia which we ended up doing but we had to tell all this all, you know all the offers that were coming in that like we appreciate it but we're not accepting anything until we play one show and even see if 
we can handle that. And then we'll go from there. That's kind of how we've been taking everything. It's like, okay, well, we got through LA. So let's go do Australia and see how that's, that goes. And then we'll, we're just taking everything really slow because, uh, you know, we don't really know what our bodies can handle at this point. And we yeah. don't know what we can ha- handle mentally at this point. So we're just, we're dipping our toes in and doing as much as we feel like we can at a time. And then we'll see, we'll see what happens with touring down the line. I, I can't make any promises, but it's not, I don't think it's 100% off the table either. Cool. Well, I think that's fucking awesome to hear. And I think everyone will be excited about that. And I know I will be at the Worcester date if you guys uh, get to actually make that happen this summer. So it'll be very exciting. Um, I love seeing shows over there. And um, it was cool to see what the Have Heart show was able to do. Um, I heard that was fucking bonkers. I did not go, but it was like 10,000 or 10,500 people, I think, something like that. Or 9,000 people or something. Some insane amount of people. It was the biggest hardcore show of all time. Uh, so sick. Yeah, there is there is literally impossible that for there to be a bigger hardcore show. Like I, don't, yeah. I have no oh, idea. Never. Which is funny because Half Heart used to play like 150 cap clubs. So y'all a bunch of fucking posers. You weren't there <laughs> when it mattered. Fucking cornballs. You think, oh, the hardcore oh. bitch. You should have been there when you could have been there because maybe that band wouldn't have broke up in the first place and they would have been big bitch. I mean, that's true. But whatever, it's fine. Um, I feel like a lot though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, they definitely did a lot, but I think they're one of those bands that just like American football, when they broke up, they just became so much more popular in their death. Um, right. Which, it happens, and we've seen it. Like, American football was a great example, you know, but um, I guess American Nightmare is kind of like that, too. But now they're back and awesome and great. Um, with your production stuff, uh, are you uh, preferably just doing mixed jobs at the moment, like having people send you stems and working on it, or are you actually taking in clients if they get, um, you know, tested or anything like that? Uh, I it's it's been a mix of both, uh, and I've kind of been just following what the like COVID trends are around this area in Maryland. Um, but I've been trying to stick to mostly remote. Like I've done some remote. Uh, like writing sessions and some remote, like I even, I tracked two songs for a band last year where we did it all remote, where I like tracked the vocalist through the internet and, uh, what? Oh yeah. There's, there's technology out there for that. <laughs> it's, wow. it's not, it's not easy. Uh, cause you're at the mercy of the internet gods to not shit the bed on you, but it can be done. Um, so, you know, I, I'm like trying to stay, uh, cause mixing's fun and I enjoy it. But my favorite part is like the process of making the song and like bouncing ideas off of people. Like that's that's the part of working with bands that uh, kind of makes up for what I'm missing about being in a band or doing stuff with my band is being creative with people. Um, so I'm trying to do as much as I can to like stay into that side of production by doing the like you know the remote co-writes and the remote tracking as much as I can and all that stuff. Cool. Oh, I get that. That's really neat to hear. Um, it's definitely an important thing right now, and I think that it's one that is uh, it's nice to see, and like we're trying to create as much access to this kind of stuff as possible where people can see that they can work with bigger and better producers and work with people that can help to gloss up their sound. And the fact that you're even willing to figure out how you could rem- record someone remote like that is pretty fucking cool in and of itself. Um, 
this is that's that's really interesting. That's I'm so computer illiterate that that kind of <laughs> blows my mind, but that's pretty cool. I um, mean, I'm with anything other than recording software, so yeah. I'm I'm you honestly. <laughs> Are you working on anything at the moment? Uh, working on mixing uh, an heirloom EP. Uh, and then I, I have a couple of mixes to do, but the the one I'm currently working on right now is, is knocking out this EP for, for heirloom. Uh, and then other than that, I've just been focusing on, on, uh, Twitch. I've been, I've been Twitch streaming too, which has been also fucking incredible for my, my mental health. It's the closest I've felt to, obviously it's not like playing a show, but, uh, playing songs and having that like instant feedback from everybody hanging out and watching is the closest I felt to a show. <laughs> since january of 2020 which is fucking crazy that's awesome i know that kirby's been doing the twitch thing a lot sadly my camp my computer can't take it so i can't do it i just have like a macbook air so it will explode if i try to twitch <laughs> um but it's uh it seems like it's been a really nice way for people to alleviate stress and also it's uh you know a bit of a financial substitute as well be that people have to sub to you and all that kind of stuff which is pretty sure. fucking neat one of these days i'll do it and do some of the podcast episodes through there because i think it would be fun um, i think it'd be, people would love that i think i think people would eat that up yeah we would have a good time i think it would be pretty cool i know you can do like zoom with um twitch and stuff like that now so it'd be pretty yep. easy but one of these days maybe if the government would give me that fucking 2000 i mean 1400 i mean they ain't <laughs> give me no fucking money yet so how am i supposed to buy a computer um, you know you make you make a valid argument thanks man you know it's just i was told it was gonna be two thousand dollars and then all of a sudden it was like well you already got some of it well i didn't know that that counted and then i'm like fuck i don't even get any and they're like, yep, we don't give anybody the money to anybody. Nobody gets nothing. And then I'm uh, like, it's the daytime. Am I drunk? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, you know, I just thought for a second I started slurring and my brain was melting. And I was like, I, I, for some reason, I can't seem to figure this out. Why the fuck hasn't this worked? Oh! <laughs> I just want to buy a computer. Um that would be pretty cool, though. I want one of those new Macs, the ones that are just like a desktop, but it, it's just the um, fucking, uh, you don't actually get the screen with it and shit. Have you seen those? Uh, the, the, is it the Mac Pro? It's like the Mac Pro, but uh, it's just like these, pro, um, see, this is how computer illiterate I am, bro. I can't even fucking explain the goddamn thing. But um, essentially, it's just like the processing power and all that kind of stuff. And then you have to get like a screen and you have to get a keyboard and stuff like that. But it should be powerful enough to be able to do like Twitch and recording and shit like that. Fuck yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Um, sure. But how can people reach out to you in order to work with you uh, in regards to this? Uh, I mean, Instagram is always an easy one because like any other loser on the planet, I check instagram far too much so it's just uh at chris underscore tgi uh or you can email me at chris at ironfootaudio.com very sick that's awesome man um and is there going to be any new tunage this year uh or are you guys just chilling until you can figure out shows uh so we we are working on trying to get a couple things sorted out uh one of them it's we, we get asked about and I, I will say with some lenience here on when it's going to happen uh, or how it's going to happen, but we we did film the comeback show in L.A. 
and people have been asking us about when that's going to come out. And we are currently trying to figure out when uh, and through which medium it will be released. But it, I, I'm fairly certain it will be released this year, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, we are, we've been working on it for a minute now, so we're, we're trying to get that done. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on that. Uh, you guys, when you did that show, wasn't it just like Cody open and then this wildlife? Uh, yes. So we, we had Cody from wage war and then we had this wildlife and then, uh, uh, trade winds. So we, we had Tom from stray and Jesse from stick to your guns come out and do a, a couple acoustic songs also. That's sick. I do like Tradewind a lot, but what made y'all pick such soft-ass support? Were you just uh, like, no breakdowns until we play? No, no. there was... So, we... It was because we didn't want, like, you know, there were people traveling ugh, traveling from all over the world. We didn't want somebody to fly from, like, fucking Australia or some shit and then get their nose broken in the pit to, like, fucking wage war at the beginning of the show and then have to leave and not get to see us. That's really smart. So, so we figured we'll just give them cool, chill acts, and then they just get our set for an hour and forty-five minutes. Huh. I like it. I, 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 I think that's sick. I would have loved a full band trade win set. Oh, I, um, I would do. I love that band. I do think that this wildlife. You know, I mean, they were on the Bachelor, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> um, you know, Kevin, if you're listening. I think your beard is great, and you're very talented. Um, this is a fantastic beard. <laughs> he does. Um, and it really actually was super cool there on The Bachelor, because I'm a part of the fucking Bachelor Nation, and I hope that Matt picks a sweet bitch this season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fucking good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I watch this shit. I'm a diehard, baby. Every Tuesday, I'm hitting it, you know? I do it. It comes out on Mondays, but I got to watch it on Hulu. Um but it, it's great. If you don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you should because it's awesome. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens on reality television will actually make you feel better about yourself. That's the, <laughs> the thing you got to understand. People are like, how do you watch 90 Day Fiance? How do you watch all this shit? I watch it so I feel fucking good about myself. I look over at my girl. I'm like, okay, I'm not on TV trying to get a girl. So that's cool. That's step one. Yep. Sick. Fair enough. Yeah. You know? Maybe I should watch it just to feel better about everything else going on in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. It's a lot of fun. And you get to watch people just lose their shit and say stupid stuff and like fight with each other and all the stuff. It's like the internet, but in real life, um, it's crazy. You get to watch people do it face to face. I like it, you know, and I want people out there to stop being such cowards. You got something to say, do it face to face. Um, just like Fair they enough. do on The Bachelor. But it's it's terrible brain poison, but I love it. It's, it's fucking awesome. brain poison. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, but dude, this was an absolute blast. It was such a joy to speak with you today. Um, you know, if anyone out there is listening, you want to reach out to Chris. You heard the heirloom song the other day, and uh, it absolutely fucks, as the kids would say. So get in touch, go work with him. And uh, dude, if uh, you got anything else you want to plug real quick before I let you go? Uh, that's it. All right. Oh, what's your what's your Twitch handle? uh it's it's chris davis tgi okay there you go dude thank you very much i hope you had a good time getting tucked and hold on one second i'll let you go properly off the air cool all right mother tuckers that was the show go listen to the new architects now chris 
Thank you for joining us and being so nice. Queen Kona, keep on fucking riffing and singing real nice because I like that song. See you all next Tuesday with the Sweet Combo episode with my friend Joe from Ice Nine Kills and That's Awesome Podcast. It's going to be sweet. He kind of interviews me instead of me interviewing him, but we're putting out the same thing. and It's going to be fucking great. Have a nice weekend, everybody. And as always, get Sorry, Sorry. 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 Sorry.
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.